I'm a librarian, but my file trees are really bad. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, man. It's fine. called out. It's fine. I feel so called out. Hi, it's Carrie. Welcome to Medlib's Miscellany. In this episode, Tracy Shields and Jen Monin continue their discussion from a few episodes ago on mentorship and all things Medlibs. We hope you enjoy. Carrie can decide how it gets put together. Yeah. I do think um, a mentorship episode would be good. I think so too. Like, how do you even define that? Is it something formal? Is it informal? Is it can be either? Is an informal mentorship as valuable as a, a formal one? I don't know. I feel like I've gotten way more out of my informal mentorships than my formal ones. Same. What I put into them is different. So what I get out of them is different. Like the formal ones feel like thankfully the last two formal mentorships I've had have been like very good and people that I've worked well with but I feel like when you're randomly paired Mm -hmm. with someone you never really quite know and there are some people I know that I would not work well with (laughs) in a mentorship relationship Mm -hmm. or in general so yeah I have a mentor in my new job that I was assigned and it is a much more formal relationship in that she was assigned to me And we meet on a regular basis. There is a structure kind of to the mentoring. And it's been absolutely fantastic because we get along well. And I can't imagine how how awkward it would be if we didn't get along well. And she she provides, going back to our discussion about safe spaces, she provides a way for me to ask questions, those silly questions, stupid questions I don't feel comfortable asking and and providing answers or at least saying, well, you should ask so-and-so or ask in this way of this person or, you know, navig- here's how to navigate this new environment in an efficient way that will set you up for, for success, which is invaluable. Because, I mean, I'm coming into a new environment. I don't, I don't know the personalities. I don't know the people. I don't know the pitfalls. I don't know the, the kind of unspoken ways that things get done or who does what, you know. So that's, that's been a valuable part of that mentorship that along with the other professional side of it. I feel like that kind of comes back to the different types of mentors too because you've got like Mm -hmm. your organizational mentors or like a peer mentor and when we've had new people hired who I know are moving in from out of town one of the things that I like to to ask them is like hey do you like how are you feeling actually like moving here like do you need a recommendation for a dentist <laughs> like how do, mm-hmm. do you need a place that you can go like trusted to go and take your car in like those life things that mm-hmm. may or may not actually they may or may not actually have the brain space to do like for me yeah and find, they may not even know what to ask for right 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 
Because if you're starting a new job, like, how often are you thinking about needing a new dentist? Unless you have, like, dental issues that you know about and you need to find a new one. Right. It's just like, oh, or yeah, you just happen to get go? an alert like, that, yeah, you happen to get an alert that, oh, you're due for cleaning. Right. Oh, well, I can't, my old hygienist is, you know, two towns over now or right. 200 miles or 2,000 miles away, right. depending on, that's, that's a whole other episode <laughs> that I want us to cover at some point is the, the moving for jobs in library land that is often required of folks if they want to one have a job (laughs) or two progress in the field because of lack of opportunities where they might be right located i actually today was the webinar that you shared with me the goal setting and actually achieving them or whatever oh yeah yeah how'd that go it was good. It was fine. But it was like there there were two people who were doing it. Um, and I actually really, I really enjoyed their presentation. That made it sound like it was really bad. I, en- I enjoyed it. I liked it. I feel like I got stuff out of it. Um, but even just listening to them both talk about like the positions that they've had and how they've gone um, through their career is like, yeah, like it's you pretty much can't be a parent and want to also be ambitious and without ripping your kids into new places. Like they're yeah. It, like it's, and one of them talked about that a little bit of like, you know, they moved when their kids were little and now they're here unless something comes up locally. Right. Like, mm-hmm. but and I don't, I don't want to move. I like where I live. I like the job that I have. But, like, I'm. that's the thing that I'm noticing more and more is how much of higher education in general, but also librarianship, that is built around people leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, that is, that needs, we need to have that conversation separately because there's, I have a lot of <laughs> thoughts on that. Especially Do you have two more hours? I just moved for a job. So this is kind of first and foremost in my brain still. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Carrie has opinions on that too, especially. Yeah. Because she's still in Baltimore, right? When she got her new job, it's yeah. still in Baltimore. Yes. So it's like a new job, but you're not like relocating. Right. Well, in this area in particular, it seems like there's a lot of people that move around to different jobs. But they don't necessarily have to leave the region because there's so many opportunities for medical or health science librarian jobs because of the area. Yeah. You know, and you may have a long commute or you may have remote opportunities that you wouldn't have elsewhere. But, you know, there's a lot of academic centers, there's government, there's non-governmental stuff. There are nonprofits, there are policy institutes, I mean, you name it, it's all around here. And there's, speaking of transferable skills, you may not necessarily be called a librarian, but you have a lot of those library skills that could be under a different title that you could make work. There's a career organization that I follow called Career Contessa, um, and they 
I don't know what their podcast is called, but they have a podcast. Um, it was founded by, I'm not going to talk about that. I don't know how it got founded, but the woman who founded it also wrote a book called Power Moves, um, which I have and have not read yet, but they, one of the things that they shared since I've been following them, which has been several years, I don't know, um, was like, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom? Here's how to talk about, like, some transferable skills from being a stay-at-home mom to, like, going back to work. Um, (laughs) Project management. Project management. Really good, like, schedule management. (laughs) Oh, yeah. um, And, like, you know, coordinating all of these things. getting And it's, like, sometimes you have to be creative, but, like... It's there. You just have mm-hmm. to, you either have to look for it or you have to know someone who knows how to look for it. And that's another plug for public libraries because one of the things I did was resume clinic and like help people with that um, or referring them to jobs and family services who also help them with that. But of like, oh yeah, like let's look at these skills and see what you've done and how that lines up. In ways that you don't necessarily think that it does. Because you can make the argument for it in a lot of cases. So, I know this conversation one, you know, but you just made me think of something. Do you think, based on your previous experience, there is a pecking order, a hierarchy in library land that looks down on public librarians? Interesting. Like, they're not, quote-unquote, real librarians because they're public librarians, like an academic librarian might be, or a specialist, specializing librarian of some type, medical or whatever. I'm I just kind of curious if you, think that based I've, on your experience. Yeah, I don't think that I've noticed that. Um, granted, I've worked at two institutions. Um I do think that I can see the argument that the skills are completely different. Like, I can see that argument because it's like what we're asking public librarians to do a lot of the times. And granted, I was in a library that was pretty well funded like had a levy we just you know served a large area and it's rule so even with a levy you're not getting all of that necessarily that much um that we're asking people especially in librarianship and I think all levels of librarianship that I've experienced so too but I would I would suspect that it's everywhere um We're asking people to do more with less. And then when they succeed at that, we say, okay, and now do more, and we're also going to give you less. (laughs) And you hit a point where that's not feasible. Not only is it Mm -hmm. not feasible, but it's not sustainable either. Mm -hmm. Um, And having that expectation that know libraries are free or whatever which we are and that's great but like 
we're free to people who are like even our library I think we get money from student fees I don't know much about our budget but I think we do get money from student fees so it's like you know they're paying for it whether or not they're directly like paying $39 for an article download like that your public librarians do so much and are asked to do so much and I think that that happens more than just there and I think that it's not unique to public libraries it's not unique to academic it's not unique to health sciences and those are the three that I have experience with so I won't speak to like archives and and other other areas I would not be surprised if it's also there but I you know I don't have experience with that so I'm not going to speak to it um that so I haven't noticed like a pecking order per se but I could see the argument of they couldn't understand because we do all like all of the things that we do and I think that's one of the hard parts about knowing what skills you even have as a public librarian Mm -hmm. like for me was like I, part of the reason I like to keep up with my LinkedIn is because I had to in order to even keep track of all of the things that I did. Like when I became um, the the liaison with Ohio Means Jobs and started doing job fairs and started like coordinating all of these things. And then we did like Girls Who Code Clubs and went in, um, I partnered with our tween librarian and we were in all three public school districts and that was three days a week plus we did one at the library so like four days a week um we were she and I were splitting them and we were doing all of these things like you end up doing so much that you don't have time to think about the skills you actually have so then a job Mm -hmm. comes up that you're excited about and you're like oh I would really love to do that and now you're faced with I don't know that I meet these skills or like I don't have time even to think about what skills I do have or how they transfer so making it those bite-sized chunks of I'm doing this new thing so I'm gonna put that in there or oh like I do this so now I'm gonna talk like when doing the outreach at the juvenile detention facility so it's like I'm gonna talk about that because I'm doing it I'm thinking about it it's in there and then I try to keep my my LinkedIn more as like a narrative and like talking about some of those jobs and some of those things that I did. So that way it's like I have that context for myself later without it getting lost in like a Word document because I am a librarian but my file trees are really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. It's fine. Called out. It's fine. I feel so. so called out. I mean, I'm talking about myself. My file trees are bad. I know. No, it's just, it's just, it's funny <laughs> because, like, you know, I'm, I'm in a new position and, you know, new opportunity to have a new file system and to be better about how I name things <laughs> and organize stuff. And, uh, I, you know, I had a system that has worked well for me in my previous job for years. Uh-huh. Two weeks in, it fell apart in my current job. Yeah. And, you know, it fell apart for many reasons. But, oh, yeah, part of it is, like, how do you just dump stuff in a Word document? Do you put it in a folder in Outlook? Right. 
do you ever look at it again? Or, you know, this is not just professional stuff. This is me in all forms of my life. Like the number of things I take screenshots and save to my, my photos on my, on my phone. Yeah. That I never look at again. I'm like, oh yeah, I need, I want to look at this book or, oh, this website or, you know, it's, it became just an easy way of, you know, take a quick screenshot on my phone and I'll go back and look at it. I, I never, I go back and I look at my, you know, try to look for photos. I'm like, why are these, all these screenshots and you're scrolling, scrolling, right, scrolling. Right, right, right. Like, never looking at that again. Part of that, I feel I'm like. too busy professionally organizing things for other people <laughs> to organize my own stuff. Yes, I agree. I agree with that so much. And I feel like, especially with starting a new job, like, I was kind of told at the beginning, like, hey, you've got these three pillars of your job. You've got, like, your librarianship chunk, which is, like, your 70 to 80% of your job, and then you have, like, 5 to 10% of your job that's professional development or research, and then you have 5 to 10% of your job that's, like, service. So it's, like, mm-hmm. some people, and I was told at the beginning, they're, like, some people will organize their file structure like that, so it's easier to find things later. And so I kind of went in like, all right, I'm going to build that into my file structure. And since, so I've got those three <laughs> large pillars, uh, but I will say they are get The longer I work here, the messier they get. And I recently just went through and put, and August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. I was seven months into my position when the pandemic started. So all of my work file structures, if I didn't want to go into the remote desktop, I didn't have access to them. So I then was transitioning Mm -hmm. everything to Google Drive and then trying to rebuild it better, but also (laughs) copy over what I had. Do you, like me, have a folder that's so heavily titled Unsorted? No, I have a Like the dumping ground for... (laughs) I have ZZZ-Archive. And everything gets its own <laughs> folder. And then when it's done, it goes in the archive. And I've recently started trying to, like, make my file names obnoxiously long and include some of that file structure language because it's like, then if I search for it later, there's a chance I'm going to find it. <laughs> Instead yeah. of like, oh, where's the structure? It's like I can actually, like, look for it in the titles and keywords and some of those librarian Mm -hmm. skills (laughs) the file structures and then probably a year and a half after i started i saw that our library offered a research common workshop research commons workshop on data management and one of the things (laughs) on their learning outcomes was files (laughs) file naming conventions and i was like really yeah i was like maybe i need to go to this workshop yeah. Probably wouldn't hurt. No. Here I've been sleeping on being a data librarian and that's that could have solved all my problems is file name conventions. <laughs> Just one webinar could have solved all my problems. Yeah. I'm very glad I'm not a data librarian. <sighs> me too. There are a couple positions that I feel like you couldn't pay me enough to do. I think I would be miserable doing any kind of cataloging job. And it's funny because here I am as the mesh person fixated on mesh. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, you know, it's, it's not cataloging. Please catalogers don't come for me. I know it's not cataloging, but there is, there is conceptually similarities with 
you know, terminology and naming conventions and things like that when it comes to medical subject headings. And it's fine when it's, you know, under the framework of searching. Mm -hmm. But if you were to translate that and say, okay, here are the same terms. It's mesh, the hierarchical structure. You're just going to apply it now to the things in a catalog. I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. This is for me at all. (laughs) Yeah. But by applying these things, you'll make it findable. Yeah, I don't think that's for me at all. I like to do the finding. I don't like to make it exactly. <laughs> I will tell you what it should be to be findable. And they're like, but that's the same. No, no, no. That's not the same thing because I don't want to do your cataloging. I don't want to know about the 050 field. Okay. Oh, no. The fact that I know that that exists and I would have to know about that. And no, my former boss um, has a background with cataloging and mm-hmm. tech services and things like that. And she loves it. You know, and she actually, she's like, I don't ever want to be a searcher. We were, we were we very need people wo- like that. <laughs> complimentary in that, in that way. Um, but yeah, she would start talking about like, you know, this field and the, you know, the 046 and the mm-hmm. 050 and, you know, the, the whatever, whatever's. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. And I'll never forget. She was on. She was on vacation or something for a while, and one of the the library techs came to me and was like, "Can you help me? Um, I did this copy cataloging, but you know, with, in my former library, we did cap- copy cataloging, but then we'd apply our own cataloging, or sometimes have to convert from LC to NLM, or mm-hmm. you know, depending on the the collection or whatever." Yeah. And so she she's like, I'm not sure if it should be this one or this one. And I was like deer in the headlights because I was like, I don't know. Why are you asking me? She's like, you're the librarian. I'm like, you're not that like, not, not, not that kind. No, I don't know this. And she was like, I wasn't, you know, I don't know what to put in this field. And she starts naming off numbers. I'm like, excuse me as I Google this because I don't know what that is in a mark record. I don't yes. know. Yes. I don't know what those numbers mean. I just, they're scary. Okay, I have a question for you. Have Uh you, I feel like, if anyone's like, it's like, oh, what do you do? And they're like, I'm in business. I feel like librarianship (laughs) is kind of like that. Where it's like, people are like, what do you do? And it's like, even if I give people my elevator spit, my elevator speech right where I'm like I help students I was like yeah I'm a health science librarian I help students faculty and staff succeed in their research and teaching Mm -hmm. goals whatever that may be right like Mm. succinct elevator speech I feel like librarianship there are so many facets that you can go into and even like Mm -hmm. health science librarianship has a billion different facets and academic has a billion Mm -hmm. different facets and public has a billion different facets and I'm sure that I'm missing some because of all of the other like areas of librarianship that Mm -hmm. are just you can be in the same place in the same field and doing completely different things yep and people think well all we do is read all day listen I would love to read all day wouldn't oh man (laughs) i have so many books i want to read so many books i shouldn't read that i still want to read yes i could spend days and days and days reading yes but yeah it's funny this is not for the podcast carrie but this is a tell (laughs) gen so 
<sighs> I'm going to out myself. But safe space, right? Um, Do you want me to sit I've here and be what? like, a shh, 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 You the can whole judge time me. Just make judge the, me all you want. Just make the audio you bad. Can be, you can be, no, that's fine. You can be totally judgy. Um, I have told you before, I, I read romance. I read smut. Mm-hmm. I'm a proud smut reader. I, I love it. it. It's been my my coping mechanism for many, many years. And in part because of that is how I got on TikTok because book talk mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. authors that yeah. I was following on Twitter were, you know, converting over to TikTok. And so, um, and then TikTok has become a, a completely different thing. Speaking of social media and lurking, I do not engage on TikTok. I'm a complete lurker. Anyway, there is this thing that I kept running into when, um, on TikTok, and it finally, finally clicked. It was like a song, and people, you know, were kind of, I knew it was a joke of some time, but I couldn't figure out what the joke was, and they kept saying, you know, when people ask me what I do, I say I'm an accountant, because nobody ever follows up, and I'm like, oh, what kind of accountant, you know? Everybody's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. an accountant, okay, you know, go on. Apparently, this is what people who are involved in any kind of sex work whether it's online or in real life, mm-hmm. say they do, is like if you have like a, a a spicy side gig, whatever that might be, um, they say they're an accountant. <laughs> and so that's like this joke that they're like, oh, I'm an accountant. And they're like... I guess it started because it's such like a banal thing to say. Uh-huh. Like nobody follows up and asks them, oh, what kind of, you know, what do you, what do, you do with accounting? They're like, oh, numbers. No, thank you. But also because they make bank doing yeah, yeah, these yeah. things. Yeah. And so they need an accountant <laughs> because they make so much money online, like doing whatever that's they do. Funny. Um, oh, that's and, so and funny. When I say sex work, I mean like in the broad umbrella. I'm not yeah, necessarily yeah, yeah. like it could be like making you know, suggestive audios for people because apparently that's a thing. Sure. Um, so it's that like sounds like the internet pictures of your feet. I mean, no judgment, right? Yeah. People yeah. have their things and, and right. the other net has made it possible to be aware of those things and connect to people who are willing to pay money for those things and people yes. who are willing to do things and be paid money to, for those things. So, yeah. So they, they call themselves an account. So I know every time, you know, I kind of think, Whenever it comes up, it's like, oh, what do you do? Like, in the back of my head, I hear this, like, little song that says, I'm an accountant. And I think <laughs> just, unfortunately, kind of go down that path. And my brain is like, no, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. That's no, that's so not funny. what we're doing right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry. I'm corrupting. Disrupting. Corrupting. That's so funny. That's what I, I should say. That. That's really funny. Uh. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> and, and now the thing is, if I were ever somewhere where somebody says, "Oh, I'm an accountant," I'd be like, "Oh, are you now? <laughs> what, <laughs> what kind, kind of, of accounting do you do?" <laughs> I am going to be the person that does follow up with saying, uh-huh, "And what kind of accounting is this? Is this uh, you standard? Know, is this accounting, are you a CPA? Or is this like accounting? <laughs> <laughs> How was that CPA test? I hear it's quite hard." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh gosh. <sighs> I'm sorry. I feel like that's the thing that you would never know unless you know. <laughs> oh, that's really funny.
So there you go. There's your useless bit of information for the day. (laughs) And on that note, we should probably stop recording. (laughs) This podcast was hosted by Tracy Shields and Jen Monin with show notes by Tracy Shields. Thanks for joining us. We hope you'll come again.